The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. Imagine growing a business with high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, and wildly happy customers. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. LinkedIn News. Hey, I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's Editor-in-Chief. Welcome to This Is Working, the podcast, where my colleague Nina Melendez and I go back through interviews I've done with business leaders who have shared how they get through their days, the lessons they've learned, often painful lessons learned in a world of business. And then we try to deconstruct them and try to figure out the ways that you can use those lessons in your own lives. And I am here with Nina right now. Hey, Nina. Hey, Dan. It's so good to be in back in the recording room with you. Yes, it is good. We tried doing this uh, through Zoom last time. Wow, we were both like on different time zones. It wasn't great. No, because there was this delay. And I yeah. know the podcast listeners didn't hear it, but I have to say during the recording, it was really rough. Yeah. And now that we are back, we're back in the office yeah. mostly like three, four days. And I got to say, those kind of conversations where you can go back and forth, they as good as Teams and Zoom are, the difference in having a conversation one-on-one with someone, yeah. because you can do these pauses and interject and jump in, yeah. it seems so much better. Don't you think? Oh, I agree. Yeah, for sure. How often are you coming in? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put me on the spot. Well, I've come in once so far this week. Not bad. <laughs> but usually I come in about three times a yeah. week. Listeners, yeah. it's Wednesday, and Nina's been off, so that is just showing up once. That's already good. That's a good Thank start. you got to get back into it. I Thank like it. Thank you, Dan. Listen, we're halfway through summer, and I heard this thing about like intentions over the summer, setting an intention for the summer. I thought that was actually really cool. Do you have an intention for this summer? My goal this summer is to—this isn't a big one, but I want to get my— my my house in order. I mm. want to get my living situation in order. Mm. We have my my family and I was just have spread out too much. We've gotten too comfortable. Everything is everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is the summer of the purge. We're gonna get rid of stuff. We're gonna donate a ton. That's my commitment for the summer. So I love that. It's, it's putting things in order. What about yeah. you? Um, I think to just spend as much time outside as possible. I saw a statistic that said that we spend like 70 to 90 percent of our life indoors. And that just depressed me. So I think that I'm going to try and spend as much time as I can outdoors and say yes to things. Nice. So like when people say, hey, do you want to go do this thing? To say yes. I love that. Yeah. That's great. So you're working on this project, this home project with your wife. Do you think you could ever work with your wife or work with a family member? It is a great question, and I think about this all the time, because my in-laws work together. They're lawyers. They have worked together for decades, and I've always found it to be completely mind-blowing that they can do that, that you can wake up in the morning with someone and they say, now we're going to go to the office together. You work all day. You come home together. That to me is, a, a, it's it's a wild idea because I could never do that. So I asked you about that because, as you know, today we're talking about your conversation with Bobby Brown and her son, Cody Plofker. Bobby is, for anyone who has, I think most people will, will know Bobby's name, but she is most famous for Bobby Brown Cosmetics, which was purchased by Estee Lauder in 1995. 
She is a serial entrepreneur. She's a certified health coach. She rebuilt a boutique hotel in New Jersey with her husband. It's called The George. And she has several fragrance lines. Yep. And she's written several books about beauty and wellness. And her latest venture, beauty venture, is Jones Road, which Pretty Young launched in 2020. And Jones Road is a small business. It's, you know, 60 plus employees, according to their LinkedIn company page. So they're a small family-owned business. I've talked to Bobby a bunch of times before. She's a great guest. Love having her on This Is Working. But what was so fascinating this time was that question about how do you work as a family? This is something that comes up a lot in the Brown family. She's worked with her husband and her in-laws and her son, and she gets asked a lot, like, how does it work? How do you do it? Let's hear a little bit from her and from Cody about what it's like working as a family. I mean, I think most traditional advice would be, you know, don't don't work with family or don't work with friends. And I think there's certainly people that make it work and make it successful. And, you know, fortunately, I feel like that's the case for us. But I think there's definitely risks associated with it. So I think probably at that stage in my life and and our relationship, I thought it was probably safer not to. But I think it just so happened that, like, the one thing in the world that I am any good at was, like, the one thing that I think, you know, Bobby and Jonesboro, you know, needed help with. Like, they had everything covered, product, Bobby, everything like that. But, you know, for some reason, she decided to launch a direct-to-consumer company, and you know, an online marketing company in her 60s. And that was the one thing, you know, they didn't know much about. So it, it was kind of just like a perfect fit in that regard. Um, and I, there was so much opportunity, and it was just so hard for me to not get involved past a certain point. And on the personal note, I'll say that I've really learned a lot since we've worked together because, honestly, I can't talk to Cody the way I would talk to an employee. I learned that, you know, I, I had to learn how to say things differently and I had to really learn how to listen better because I'm not the greatest listener. And, and he is the first, you know, Cody will call me up and mom, do you want, are you ready for some feedback? Do you want to hear some feedback? I mean, no one's ever said that to me before. I'm like, all right, Cody, go ahead. Today in the meeting, dot, dot, dot. Okay. I think it's pretty clear from this conversation that Bobby didn't build this as it, this is a family business, but it wasn't designed to be a family business. It just so happened that her son had the skills in the area that she needed to win in. And they've clearly had to learn how it is a family business, but it is a learned how to work within your family type of business. It's not one where this is like three generations of business and the, young, the kid comes in and takes over a certain role. They're like they're figuring this out as yeah. they go down to the point of communication. I love this part at the end where, where, you know, Bobby is learning how to take feedback and accept feedback from her kid. It sounds like she doesn't want feedback from anyone. She's pretty clear about that. She's yeah. like, I know what I want. Yeah. But now her son's like, mom, actually not mom. He talks about this in here. He never calls her that mom. That was crazy, too. That was wild. Yeah. yeah. He calls her Bobby the whole time. Right. <laughs> Would you ever call – what's your mom's first name? Marsha. Would you ever be like, Marsha? No, but, it's weird to even say it right now. Like, you know, I don't call – I never yeah. call her Marsha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never be like Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it goes to the point about the dynamics within the office, right? It's making sure that it's very professional and that there isn't the dynamic of mother-son, but it's of two professionals interacting with each other. Right. But they are – I think that when you are working with family, when you're dealing with family, everything's fraught. You know, how did you say something? What kind of, how does this tie into other conversations that you're having or ways that you have interacted before in your lives? And so learning how to, it's pretty, it became pretty clear to me by the end of this interview that 
having Cody work with Bobby has expanded how Bobby has gives feedback and takes feedback. And because she knows that she can uniquely, as Cody's mom, damage him. You know, I think that we all know our parents have like a very uh, special ability mm-hmm. to dig into us as kids. Yeah. And even if you're in the workplace, that's going to happen. Yeah. And so this idea of Bobby learning how to be a little bit more sensitive. Yeah. And about how, learning how to take that feedback and Cody doing the same thing. I think it's interesting. It goes beyond building a great business and now becomes also about building a great family. Do you think that people can be close friends with their boss? Um, why? What makes you ask that question? Because Bobby is, at the end of the day, Cody's manager, Cody's boss. And... Family is different than friendships, but it is, you know, an extension of it is a deeper sort of extension of a friendship. So I'm 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 curious how to the rest of us who don't work with our family members but have bosses, how close is too close or if that's even a thing when it comes to your boss? I guess it's a different I'm struggling with the question because it's a different there's a power dynamic in place in a parent-child relationship that is different than a friend relationship. And maybe a friend relationship is almost easier because you can determine who's got the power in one area. But when you're family, there is so much more. There's just all kinds of intangibles and there's all kinds of unwritten rules and unwritten dynamics that you can't cross, like lines that can't be crossed here. I mean, maybe they can. I don't know. But I have trouble believing that Cody, there's certain things that Cody will never say because it's his mom or that Cody's wife, who also works at Jones Road, may never say to Bobby because that's her mother-in-law. And so I, I just think that like that dynamic itself, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know how you get to the point where you can treat your boss like your boss if it's also your mother. I think that there are certain things he could say to his mom that he chooses not to. I'm sure that families have dissolved over business relationships. I'm sure, yeah. So it's, he is, you know, and I'd love to talk about this later, he knows how to manage her probably a little bit more astutely than other people because he is her son. It's a great point. And and the key is being in a family where that kind of feedback is accepted and there's a desire to grow together. But I think that getting to this point where you are open to hearing from your child or of giving your child feedback in an office setting, that's that's something that we could all learn from. And it's probably and I think it extends to your point, Nina. It goes beyond just working with family. It is probably these lessons are useful for any business, not just a family business. Right. Let's take a quick break and get much deeper into it with Bobby and Cody. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. 
Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. And we're back. You know, I was saying before the break that this is something that applies to all businesses, that learning how to communicate is super important. But the truth is that learning how to communicate with your family in business is actually not that niche of a topic. Nearly 20% of all small businesses in America are family-owned businesses. I thought that was a pretty wild stat. So let's listen to Bobby and Cody talk about that. Certainly there's things like communication. You have to have, you know, an easy way to talk about what is working, what isn't. You have to be able to say what upsets you or what, you, you know, what, what, someone's done to, you know, really that upsets you. You have to be really transparent about that. So you can only do it with someone that you have a good relationship with. And you just have to, you know, just know like what your limitations are. You know, I, 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 we travel together as a family. We dinner together a lot. We're always together. My family is my posse and they're the most important thing I have so if if it was going to get in the way in the way of our relationship, we wouldn't have done it. But it, this has just been one of those like special miraculous things that I never would have imagined. But you know, the advice is just really in anything in any relationship you have is open communication and honesty. I think um, I think this situation is a little bit, I guess, different and unique. I think it has to be like the right fit. And, you know, with, with Bobby and how well-known she is and well-respected she is, and, you know, this industry, like it's probably different than most parent-child work um, environments. But I think, you know, it's, it's just really important, like what Bobby said, where it's, it's the right fit. You respect each other. You respect each other's viewpoints. The pro is you can communicate in a way that maybe other people might not be able to. But that also can be the con of it. So I think just find a way to make those two kind of things work together um, and make it super collaborative. I think there's opportunities in that if if you can kind of figure it out and put egos to the side. I just want to say the hardest thing about working with my son is when I, you know, have to be careful to to not mother him so much. Cody, have you have you taken a break? Have you gone for a walk? Have, do you have enough water? Are you breathing? I can't that's help not it. The hardest like that's hard. What? No, that's but not I the try not. Part. Yeah. Have you been out yet? <laughs> yes. I did no, a it's, it's, today. Thank you. Right. Oh, good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Okay. But no, but you know, you, you got to be careful not, especially when you're a Jewish mother, to not Jewish mother too much. I've got two favorite parts of this exchange. Tell me. Number one, my family is my posse. Uh-huh. I want a shirt that says that <laughs> or something because that is a cool statement. Yeah. Two, when we did this, at the very end, when Bobby starts talking about not wanting the Jewish mother too much, and she asked that question about, have you taken a break? Have you gone for a walk? Cody turned, like, red, his, like, hands, if I, I remembered right, his hands were, like, on his face. Like, it is the exact, I know that feeling. Your mom's calling you out in public on something. My mom used to do this to me about standing up straight. And you know the feeling where you're like, she's right but I wish you wouldn't say this in public. My favorite part is that she uses Jewish mother as a verb to <laughs> <Right>. Jewish mother. <laughs> um, and it's just actually, it's funny because this is why I don't think I could ever work with a family member or my husband because I just think that I would revert to that role. Yeah. I would immediately, if I had a 
kid, I would immediately revert to being the mom of the child. Like, you know, I don't know if I would know how to compartmentalize. I'm not great at this yet, but I've really tried to think through how to give feedback to my kids on work they're doing, especially writing, where there's a certain way I think that you should be doing it. But I can't just come in and edit all their their papers or say to them they're doing it right or wrong. I think there are times where I think I'm doing stuff right or I'm giving feedback in a way that is not uh, – that, that isn't – that there's no judgments attached to it when I'm talking to my kids. But clearly they still feel like there are judgments attached. And I don't know how – and I think in the office you've got to be – I would just think if you're Bobby, you've got to be extra careful mm. about that because everything – might sting a little bit more or might be interpreted a little bit differently. So this brings me back to my original question about working with people or being close to a boss or having a close relationship with a boss. Do you think that it is easier to receive or give feedback when it is by someone that you like or that you are close with? Or is it better that it's just like purely kind of clinical and professional? I think it is better to get it from someone you like. Like, you know that they are in your corner. To me, that's an important part of it. This idea, and you hear Bobby and Cody talk about this, it's not just a question of how you communicate. It's, it is the point that there is trust, that there is respect, that there are boundaries. Like, all of those are important for being able to give and take feedback. And so if you're working with someone and you are friends, not in like a, hey, we go out drinking together way, but this person cares for me way, then I think that you can take feedback a little bit better. And I think that the boss is better about giving feedback because they know this is a relationship that I've invested in and we have a sense of trust here. And I don't want to hurt this person's feelings, but I want them to be better at what they do. What do you think? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm inclined to say no. Huh. Because at the end of the day, there's a power dynamic. And... I think that in normal friendships, there isn't that power dynamic, right? If there is a, a if you have a, a manager at, and that is how you know that person, that, that person will always be your manager and your friend secondary. I mean, you mentioned trust and boundaries, and I just think that the lines are better when there are actual, like, strong boundaries. But there's some cultures, like if you look at the Japanese working style, where this is part of the structure is built in that you do go out drinking with your colleagues afterwards because that's the time where you are loosened up enough and you build these relationships that will then that you can then bring into work. Like you build, there's certain things that can happen outside the office that when you bring it back in, it brings a different dynamic versus someone just telling you like you can't, you have to do this or not that or that. I lived in Japan and it was, it was they are so good at compartmentalizing. Mm. So. So maybe that's the key. Is that you have is, to be great at compartmentalizing. That is the key. Yeah, right. because what happens when you go out drinking, and I learned this the embarrassing way, is that what happens when you go out drinking, it's great, but then the following day, none of that happened. Really? And you come into work, and it is like brand new. So yeah. this, did you? I forgot. You watched the show Severance. Are you a Severance fan? Yes. Yes, yes. I thought we talked yes, about yes, this. Yes. Bobby talks about this point about they have family dinners together. They spend holidays together. Her family's her posse. So do you need this kind of severance mindset? Do you need this sort of Japanese mindset where whatever happens in the family realm stays in the family realm? What happens in the work realm is a totally different situation. It sounds like 
that is kind of a requirement. Yeah, because she does mention that at the table they had to stop talking about it. Right. Right. You know, I grew up with my my dad worked for his uh, father hmm. uh, in an accounting firm in Louisville, Kentucky. And th- at family dinners, Shabbat dinners, Friday nights, it would there would be a certain amount of work talk and then it would be kind of stopped. Hmm. But it was always part of part of how I grew up was hearing my dad and his dad talk about work. Hmm. But it was fascinating as a kid. Like I made me realize I never wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. But it was just it was fun hearing them kind of riff on clients and and situations and what was going on in the world. But I never got to see them actually work together in the office. So I don't know what that was like. But certainly at dinner, there was an, an understanding that at some point that conversation had to end. Do you think that their relationship was strengthened by the fact that they worked together and spent a lot of time together? Or was it the opposite? I think it was strengthened. But, you know, we should have them on the show. Find out. <laughs> okay. Papa Roth. <laughs> You know, let's switch gears a bit, Dan, and talk about this concept of managing your managers. Bobby is Cody's manager, and Cody has had to learn how to not just communicate and give feedback, but like really speak to her so that she can, so that she listens and hears what what he has to say. Yeah, changes what she does. Yeah, let's take a listen to how he does this. I'm very deliberate and will like think things through and Bobby is very reactive and just wants to do it. So I think that there was something where Bobby was like, oh, like she activated. She was like, let's go do this. And I, I, I had to call her up. I was like, my team is swamped and overloaded and like they don't have the bandwidth. And like, you know, you don't see that, but like, let's hold off on this thing. She was like, no, I want to do this. We're doing this thing. And I was just like, well, if, like, that's how it's going to be. Like, I don't know. That was like one of the times I don't remember specifically. Um, but I learned recently, I called Bobby about something that she was not happy about the other day. And she was, it was right before her hip hop class hit that she goes and does. And she was pretty upset, but she called me back like half an hour later in such a No, no, 45 minutes after, after the hip hop class. <laughs> after the hip hop class. So if I ever have bad news for her or any feedback, <laughs> I'm going to call her right before it because she's always in a better mood after it. True story. I mean, it's so smart. You should always figure out what it is that makes your manager happy and and understand the rhythms. I think that's a great lesson here. If your manager takes a hip-hop class, whatever their version of the hip-hop class is, it is in your best interest to figure that out and then plan to only talk to them when they are in their happy place. Very smart move on Cody's part. Do you have an example of when you had to do that with the manager and it worked? It's more, you know, I used to work at places where we would spend, where the the internal chatter was, what's the boss's mood? Hmm. Because you never wanted to go in when an editor was in a terrible mood. And so there was this kind of grapevine where someone would walk out of the office and everybody would be like, is now a good time to approach, uh, you know, the editor about this or that? And somebody like, no, horrible mood. Don't do it right now. Don't do it. <laughs> and so someone would take the fall for the rest of us. We'd all scatter like roaches with the light turned on and then wait until, you know, the mood lightened up and then come back in and do it. But it was never as thoughtful as, as Cody who was like, all right, hip-hop class and then go do it. Yeah, I got to find out if if Courtney does hip-hop classes, <laughs> if Enrique does a hip-hop class. <laughs> Sign them up for it. And then and then, and then you're in control of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've learned really works. I don't have children and I but I love kids. So I do like before meetings with managers of kids, I'll be like, tell me about your baby. <laughs> Great idea. And it's the smiles come. Yeah. 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 Smart move. <laughs> I would love to hear from members about what is it that you do? How do you make sure that you're you are talking to your manager at exactly the right time? Is there anything that you have done? 
that's either Cody-like, figuring out the hip-hop class, or Nina-like, bringing up kids. What is your secret to managing your managers? Let us know on LinkedIn using the hashtag ThisIsWorking. You can also email us at thisisworking at linkedin.com. Please share this podcast episode with a friend and please review it. It helps new listeners find us. This Is Working is a LinkedIn editorial production. Our production team includes Sarah Storm, Stephen Valdivia, Asaf Gidron, and Lolia Briggs. Joe DeGiorgi mixes our show. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Dave Pond is head of news production. Our head of original programming is Courtney Coop. I'm Nina Melendez, senior producer. And I'm Dan Roth, LinkedIn's editor-in-chief. Be well and stay curious.